It's not just time to get away. It's time to travel with Anita. From around the world to across Georgia, she covers it all. Now, here's the host of Travel with Anita, Anita Thomas. So, hello, hello, and welcome aboard Travel with Anita and Friends. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited about the show today because I'm sharing with you several destinations, ones that I'm looking forward to visiting, and also a recent trip where I had a chance to visit historic and iconic sites. There are, you know, those sites all over the place, and I'm always excited when I can go and visit those. And I must admit that after my many years of traveling, that one of these places, it was my first time going there. <laughs> and it's an iconic site. So I'll tell you a little bit about that in a, in a few. Now, it is a great time now to start putting together your travel plans, the places that you want to go, because things are opening up and travel is coming back on everyone's radar. And when I say coming back, you know, we were doing those trips that were nearby, maybe city tours, state tours, but now we are ready to venture out a little bit further, further than our city and our state and maybe across the nation or even internationally. And with travel mandates lifted in so many places, many of our dream spots are the types of trips that we've been kind of wanting to do over the last couple of years are open and available for us to check those things out. Now, on today's show, I will start by sharing with you a tour company that is prime for how we want to travel now. Experiencing places, people, cultures, cuisines, all of those things combined in a way that you really get a chance to have an immersive experience with them. This tour company is Classic Journeys, and the owners, Edward and Susie, will join me in a few minutes to talk about the ways that they do these immersive ways of exploring the globe. And later on, I will share two destinations which have been on my list for a long time, touring the Statue of Liberty. Yep, that's the one that I had not visited. I admit it. <laughs> I know, I know. That may be hard to believe that a travel person like myself had not visited that site. But hey, wow, it was an amazing tour. So you'll see that I had a really great time when I did make it there. And I'll also share my trip to the San Juan Islands that I took uh, back at the beginning of the year. Now, also, I want to share also, you know, as we talk about this, I want to share it from the standpoint of thinking about these trips also as gifts, because travel gifts can be, you know, a trip. And it's a great way to give a gift that's not just that one time gift giving, but that keeps on giving and giving. But let's start now with Classic Journeys, because it falls on my list of places and things that I plan to do. Their way of saying let's go involves curated daily walks, local guides, tasting the local cuisine, and staying in rural class accommodations. Ding, ding, ding. That's got my name all over it. Now, all in small groups, but small groups that don't feel like small groups because the main focus is still on making sure you experience all the things that are there. So I had a chance to talk with Edwin and Susie, the owners of Classic Journeys, and we start our conversation with how their tours are all about having a unique experience. Edwin and Susie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you all here with me as well. Now, I took a look at your website, ClassicJourneys.com, and I love your message on the homepage. I have to start with that because you had me at this statement. We believe that travel, and in particular, connecting with other people and cultures when you travel, fills your soul in a way that very few things do. I mean, that, that is so me. I love that. That is exactly how I feel about Thank travel you. as well. 
<laughs> so I well, thanks, Anita. We, um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I'd love for you to tell me how you weave that into the travel and the tours that you all offer. That's a great question. So uh, because you like the why we do what we do, which is that we're trying believe connecting with other people just fuels your soul so personally um, the way in which we weave that in uh, with everything we do is we're really fortunate at classic journeys that we have this amazing uh, extended family if you will uh, that is our guide so we believe that traveling on foot uh, and exploring at eye level in the company of expert local guides is really the way to immerse oneself into the history and culture of a place and so in the roughly 50 plus countries around the world where we create trips, we have about 300 expert local guides who are part of this extended family at Classic Journeys. And it's through our local guides with whom we scout our trips and whatnot that we meet these other additional people. So really cool hoteliers and restaurateurs and chefs and historians and naturalist guides and winemakers and artisans and craftsmen. And so then we get this big extended classic journeys family. And then with them, we create our cultural, cultural walking adventures, which is generally a week long program of, you know, walking for part of the day, meeting really cool people for part of the day, having great meals. And at the end of the day, sleeping in these beautifully sited boutique accommodations that also add to the cultural experience. And then we get it up, get up the next, next day and we do it all over again <laughs> over the course of a week. Um, and then, and so it just really empowers our guests to go, you know, and explore, as I said, sort of on foot at eye level. And it's definitely that connection. I mean, that's what I'm hearing all through what you're saying. And I'm, I'm liking also, too, that you are using the term walking tour. So tell us a little bit more about what a walking tour is, because I think for some of us, we think that a walking tour is just all, all walking, but you're also stopping and doing things as well to take part in the cultural oh. activities and things. Oh, absolutely. It's so funny, Anita, because a lifetime ago, uh, before we started Classic Journeys, I was the manager of a company that ran just walking and hiking tours. And it was owned by this British couple um, who truly believed that you get up each day and strap on your hiking boots and hike all day till we arrive at some pub where we're allowed, you know, 30 minutes to go inside and have a plowman's lunch. Don't play darts with the locals. Don't socialize, you know, and then get back on the trail and hike all the rest of the day until you get to the next place where you're staying. And while that's not a bad way, because from an exercise standpoint, you're in beautiful surroundings, right? And you're getting good exercise. And so, you know, if you're, if you're walking all morning and you're just a quick pause, you know, for lunch and then walking all afternoon, you're missing what makes exploring these amazing places so personal and so immersive. And that is the real people that live and work and have lives in, you know, whether it's Tuscany or Cuba or Vietnam or, you know, Peru, you know, there are real people living real lives. And the great thing about a cultural walking adventure is because of our, our local guides and the relationships that we have locally, we're able to, number one, you know, by design, go and meet really interesting people. And then also by just happy happenstance, we're able to come along, you know, two ladies that are, you know, wearing the conical shaped hats 
you know, mm-hmm. in a rice field in Vietnam and stop and talk to them about their lives because our local guides are Vietnamese and speak English and Vietnamese. We're able to stop and talk to, you know, the, the person that's picking olives in an olive grove in, you know, in Tuscany and understand like what their life is like. And, you know, just all of the different people who you and I and Susie might not be able to stop and talk to because we don't speak the local language, you know, we're able to, and our guests are able to because of being with our guides. And it sounds. I, I, I think Susie would. Susie can add to that a little bit too. It feels really good to be able to get back out there as well. I think so many of us are really itching for, you know, for those opportunities to get back out there because we have missed that. I mean, it's so much a part of what we as human beings want to do. Actually, when we explore the world, whether it's right in our backyard or whether it's exploring, you know, other countries across the across the ocean. Um, we could take you on a walk, literally through the Tuscan countryside that ends up going to a shop that is owned by the number one gelato maker in the world. His mm. name is Sergio, and he has won the gold medal for best gelato in the world. And by the way, he'll make gelato with saffron for us. Oh, and wow. we'll be in a little hill town in Tuscany um, having that gelato. And he's going to tell us about his life and his passion for gelato. So now you're having the gelato and you're talking with Sergio about how he makes the gelato and more importantly, why he makes the gelato, mm-hmm. right? And doesn't that just sort of transcend the gelato experience for the three of us then, right? It really, really does. I mean, you have me ready to uh, to go and meet him right now <laughs> and have fun as well. <laughs> well, we do have to stop and take a break right here. But when we come back, I want you guys to stay with me because I do have a few more questions for you. And when we come back, we'll pick right back up with this, with these wonderful opportunities to really immerse ourselves in the culture with local guys here on Travel with Anita and Friends. Back in a moment. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. Now I have Edward and Susie on the phone with me from Classic Journeys talking about all these wonderful tours. Now you guys have me ready to go because it sounds as though this is a very elevated tour. I mean, it's not your typical tour. I mean, you are elevating the traveler by having these local guides and these one-on-one experiences. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned on the last segment, Edward, is that, you know, you're bringing people together and you're providing these opportunities by having the local guides. But also, too, as travelers, a lot of times we're a little shy to go up to uh, the local residents and really start conversations or ask them about their culture. So you're really opening the doors and making those connections for us. So welcome back to the show. Let's hear some more about this. Thanks, Anita. It's so good to be with you. We just love to talk about travel and and helping people find ways to really immerse themselves into other peoples and cultures and history. And what you're talking about is exactly what's so so important to our guests. If you think about a walking tour, you know, just take a step back for a second. There's a couple. There's like a continuum of how you can do that. You can go on like a self-guided trip. You can go on a guided trip where the guides are not from the local area, but they're with you. And you can go on a trip where the guides are with you the whole time and they're local and expert to the region. And when, and when we talk about expert and local, like let's really drill into that for just a moment. Because for example, with Classic Journeys, our guides in Iceland, they're descended from ninth century Vikings. Like wow. think about that for a moment. Go wow. to Iceland, you know, join me and Susie in Iceland and the three of us go walking around and we could do it on our own. We could go there with a guide 
you know, and then we can go there with a guide like our guide Atle, who is descended from ninth century Vikings, or we could be in, you know, Tuscany with our guides who can trace their ancestry to the Renaissance, or for a really fun time, we can go to Morocco where our guides trace their ancestry to Berber tribes, people in the second century. Oh and you go, goodness. oh, my gosh, now that's local, right? Yes. Um, and what that does for our guests by being with people who are with that sort of connectivity is we actually go and scout all of our trips with our guides. So the guides have a real hand in the curating of the trip itinerary. They feel this sense of ownership about it. And they help us create these really thoughtfully created routes that give the great, you know, immersion into the history and culture. And then they also get us access to people in places that you and Susie and I couldn't get on our own. So, for mm -hmm. example, when we're in England, we go to Stonehenge when it's closed to the general public. You know, we go to the Dordogne Valley in France and we go to these prehistoric caves that no one other than scientists are allowed to go to. So it's having this really curated access that's special. And, and Anita, another really cool thing is because our guides are local and exactly what you just said, where you know, we'd be shy to join a bocce game that's going on in a town square. Right. But when our guides are local, chances are they know half the people playing bocce and they get us involved in before you know it, even though our our itinerary may have planned for us to you know, continue on and do something else, we have the opportunity to play bocce with the locals. We're going to do that. We're oh, going to have a blast doing that. And uh, some of my favorite photos when we come home from our tours are these things that just happen on the tour. They're not necessarily scripted in uh, to the itinerary, but because our guides have the ability to act, you know, on their own um, based on what the group wants to do, we end up doing really cool things that there, there's no way I would have done that on my own, but um, it's really neat. It's, it's great to just have, be in that moment, be so much in that moment, um, you know, having a chance to like slow down, enjoy that moment and do something that, you know, would just be super fun to do. Exactly. It's really those once-in-a-lifetime type experiences. But now many of my listeners are the empty nesters and the baby boomers. And I know you guys have heard mm -hmm. it, too. I, I mean, I've heard it over and over again over the last of the last year that, you know, we were going to retire and we were going to start, you know, traveling or, you know, the kids are going off to college and we were all set to go to go traveling. So they're feeling as though they've lost two years. So what is planned for travel after retirement and kids uh, going off to college for our empty nesters to kind of get out there now and feel as though, you know, they can make up those two years. So what are some of the tours that, you know, that we can, can put them on? Well, Anita, uh, your listeners are not just our people. They're us. Susie and I are literally. Uh, <laughs> that me too. We, we, right. We actually, we had one graduate, our oldest son graduated uh, right before the pandemic in May of 2019, and the other one, the younger son, graduated during the pandemic in May of 2021. So we have gone through the whole empty nesting thing right along with you and your listeners, and we feel that same exact desire. We call it pandemic fatigue, mm. um, where people are just, you know, itching to get back out there. Everyone's just desperate to go back and, and have explorations and, and feel that sense. Think back to when we all graduated college a long time ago and we all went on you know these great trips where some of us were backpacking across right. europe and sleeping in hostels and having all of these really meaningful experiences and connections on the cheap and now we've all gotten to a point in our lives where we want to have that same visceral sense of exploring and connecting 
We just want to sleep on really nice sheets at the end of the day <laughs> and beautiful accommodations, right? Exactly. And so what we're yeah, so what we're seeing is, you know, people wanting to go to, you know, really cool places that fill that, you know, that sense of passion for them. So <clears throat> literally for, for this year, we've identified, we sat down with travel writers and editors and really our 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 our, our team and then polled, we actually surveyed um, our, our guests from the last quarter century and said, what is what you're passionate about for traveling? And we identified 22 destinations for 2022 mm. for where people want to go and explore. And, you know, there are places like, you know, Alaska, if you're looking domestically, is just, you know, incredibly popular this year as a place where people feel like they can, you know, get off I'll the grid and go, and go exploring you know, or Bryce and Grand Canyon and Zion, you know, seeing the national parks, but in a way that is better and different than if the three of us just went and explored there on our own, you know, from the visitor center. So how do you see our nation's national parks in a better way? And then it's, you know, how do you get into, you know, the wildlife of places. So places like Costa Rica that have set aside, you know, more than a quarter of their landmass as national parks also, and see those, you know, with naturalist guides. Right. Um, and then it's, you know, going to places, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, that have a real cultural um, uh, element to them. So whether it's, you know, the Amalfi Coast or Tuscany or Portugal, where we're, you know, introducing you to these really interesting tastemakers and artisans and craftsmen and whatnot. So um, there's some really cool places to explore around the world um, that can be challenging to see on one's own. Places like right. an Iceland or Galapagos or uh, <laughs> places like that where if you're with the right person, man, it can make it all seamless and turnkey and it can get you just so many layers deeper into what? the history, the culture, the people, the place. Exactly. Uh, and that's what makes it really fun and memorable, right? Some countries that are reducing all their COVID restrictions now. Right. So Ireland is now opened up for, um, for travelers. South Africa is opened up for travelers. So uh, more and more, um, and that just happened this week. Um, so more and more places that had other restrictions are open. So, um, you know, we're free to move about the, the world again. So it's, it's really a great and we're, to go. and we're ready to go. We definitely are with Classic Journeys. Now, you guys give me a website because we're down at the end of the segment here. And I definitely want to get that in before we head out. So what is the website so we can start planning? We want to go. It is ClassicJourneys.com. Thank you. Thank you. That's easy for us to remember. ClassicJourneys.com. So thank you, Edwin and Susie. I so appreciate you all coming on and sharing all of this because you have definitely inspired us to look for those trips and look for those opportunities where we can have a grand experience that really, really is something that we can bring back with memories for our lifetime. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, for Anita. Me. You inspire us and it was wonderful to be with you. Thanks so much. <laughs> And thank you guys for listening in and definitely check out their website, classicjourneys.com. Back in a moment here on Travel with Anita and Friends.
do it all the time. We say I'm going to go and visit sites around my city, and what happens? We put it on the back burner until later. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. And I'm a travel expert, and I've done it too. That was the case with me with the Statue of Liberty, and I even lived in New York City for a while. But recently, I had a chance to go on a tour of the Statue of Liberty with Inside Out Tours, a tour company known for sharing not only those little-known facts, but also stories about marginalized people who have called New York City home. Now, my tour of the Statue of Liberty was with Catherine, and she shared the story of how the statue was built, shipped, and its connection to Ellis Island and what the statue means to America today. Here's my conversation with Catherine, my tour guide. We're at the Statue of Liberty. We're sitting here right now looking up at her. She is gorgeous. The sun is coming out. We started on a foggy day, but now the sun is out and you can really see her. So what year did she arrive here uh, in New York? She arrived in 1886. So she was meant to be a birthday present for our centennial birthday in America in 1876, after we had declared our independence in 1776. Um, she was built over three years in Paris, and then she was crated up, shipped across the Atlantic Ocean. They almost capsized a couple times, <laughs> but she made it. And then she was assembled right here on Bedloe's Island, which later was called Liberty Island. Is it still called Liberty Island today? Yes, it is. And this is a national monument. It was October 27th, 1886 when she was, when the formal uh, inauguration happened here on Liberty Island. And she was brown at that time, but now she's green. Yes, she was a brown lady. So she's made of copper. And as everyone knows, like if you pull a penny out of your pocket, it's usually not a shiny copper color. It's usually more tarnished. And then if you, if it ended up in a puddle or it gets wet over time, it oxidizes, it turns green and it forms this like protective film over the copper. So that's actually an like outer layer of her skin. Mm. It took about 10 years for her to completely turn green. But now she's symbolic of really what we stand for here in America, and that is liberty, freedom, and just the ability to be able to be who we want to be. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that, you know, that is still what people come for? Or are they coming to, you know, sort of have that, you know, feeling of, of being part of that? Uh, as a tour guide, what, what do you feel? I'm glad you asked that question because a lot of people come here because she's a, an iconic destination in America. I mean, everyone around the world knows the Statue of Liberty. And so I'm, I proudly, as a tour guide, um, feel honored to be able to actually unfold a lot more history than they ever anticipated. She's fascinating how she's built, but also why we have her in the first place. Um, French uh, reformer La Boulet really had a vision because he had been watching America. We had gone through our, you know, won our revolution. We had ended the Civil War, abolished slavery. He was the president of the anti-slavery movement. So honoring America was really important to him also because he wanted to kind of show, remind French people that a republic, a democracy is important because they were under Napoleon III and they didn't want to be under a uh, dictatorship. So I feel so honored that I can share that history because a lot of people don't realize how how important the history and her symbolic reference is to all of us because she's called liberty enlightening the world. She's not just a statue for American liberty, but she's actually facing all of Europe and the rest of the world taking a step forward with her torch up high. So liberty and freedom for all. And her name is Li Liberty Enlight Enlightening the World. 
Wow, and she's facing France, right? She's facing east, so she's facing France. And if you look at her from behind, which is where I always like to start my tour, you can see she's taking a big, bold step forward. She's taking that step forward for all, for all peoples. So she, you know, the end of slavery is a very important uh, aspect of uh, her symbolism, and the fact that there was still slavery at the time. La Boulay, a reformer, wanted to make sure that that message got out. So at her feet, actually, are broken shackles and chains to represent the end, the abolishment of slavery. I love that. I love that. But now for the immigrants that were coming into this port, that was a very busy port at that, that you know at that time. It still is. Yep. Still um, is. They would see the Statue of Liberty as they're heading over to Ellis Island. So just tell us that connection, the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because that's kind of our segue to the next part of the tour. We start out in Statue of Liberty, and then we go over to Ellis Island. We talk about the history of immigration. And she kind of falls right there in the middle because um, she was intended, the, the concept, original concept of the Statue of Liberty was bringing liberty to all, which is an outward thing. When all of those ships started coming in with immigrants and after they had, you know, left their countries behind, they're arriving in this country with high hopes, um, you know, leaving desperate, desperate situations behind. And there she is with her torch up high. Um, it was a very emotional moment on the decks of these big ships. Here she is representing, you know, welcoming them in. So before it was an outward thing, bringing liberty and, and freedom for all. And now they're seeing it as a personal experience, like I'm about to be liberated in a way. And so she's welcoming me in. So that was a really emotional, I have goosebumps right now. <laughs> I know, just telling the story over again and putting yourself in their place. Yeah. So we're going to Ellis Island next. Yes. So Ellis Island, the significance of it. On their way. On their way to to yeah. liberty and freedom. So um, we departed from New York at Castle Clinton, which actually was the first immigration uh, station where 8 million people were processed. And that's when immigration was under all states. Then later, um, in 1890, the federal government decided that, oh, we've got to bring all this under one umbrella, have, you know, regulations for all, all states to, you know, honor the same regulations. And that is when they built Ellis Island. They felt, they felt that Ellis, an island would be safer for the immigrants coming in and just a better way to process people. It opened in 1892, first person off the first ship was a 17-year-old Irish girl, Annie Moore. So they made her kind of the symbol of like the new, you know, families arriving in the new world. And here's a young girl arriving just with her little brother. Eight million people were processed over at Castle Clinton in New York. And then another 12 million were processed on Ellis Island. And I always like to say to people, remind people that everyone has a story. Every single person who came over here has their story, their story of hardship, their challenges, and of course, all arriving with great hopes. This is a new world, a new life. They left difficult situations, you know, dire straits behind, and you know, the Statue of Liberty is a, is a symbol of hope. Ellis Island, though fearful, you know, am I gonna get in? Um, really was that gateway to a whole new world, a new life, America. You know, you're giving me goosebumps just thinking of that. <laughs> because, you know, the other thing I was thinking as you, were, as you were describing that is how many people can probably trace an ancestor that came through either one of those two ports Absolutely. here to America. And now here they're living, you know, generations later, you know, here in America with the symbol of liberty and freedom 
yes. still standing as well. And if you go all the way back, you have the Native Americans that were here first. You have the enslaved Africans that were here and helped clear forests and build roads. And so there are many hardships, many stories of hardship and many inspiring stories of people who worked really hard to overcome their challenges and, and in hopes that perhaps the next generation, their children, their families, would have a better life. They're so representative of so many things. While oh. the Statue of Liberty is symbolic, so is Ellis Island and yes. you know Castle Clinton as well, yes. uh, symbolic of of that gateway or that you know way of stepping forward into who you really want to be and being able to do that. That's beautiful. Yes, yeah. and 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 to add to what I was saying earlier is that. Everyone has a story, and our country was built on immigration. Our country was built on the backs of hardship. And I want to always remind people of that, because when people talk about, I'm American, I'm American, yes. But when you go back, we all come from somewhere. Yeah. Every one of us comes from somewhere when we look back in our, in our ancestry, and it was somewhere else. It wasn't yeah. here. It wasn't this land, unless you are um, Native, American. Native American. Absolutely. Well, Inside Out Tours, I mean, you guys have more tours than just this, but certainly we're talking about the Statue of Liberty at Ellis Island today. Well, how can people book a tour? Yeah, they can go online, insideouttours.com, and we have a, a whole way for you to put it in a shopping cart and choose even how your, pay, your form of payment, like if you're going through like New York Express or you've got a voucher or something like that. Plus, you can always call the company. I was so amazed with my experience with Catherine that I reached out to talk with Stacy Toussaint, the founder and owner of Inside Out Tours. So stay right here because we'll stop, take a break, and when I come back, I'll share her story and more about the tours so that you too can take an Inside Out Tour. Back in a moment here on Travel with Anita and Friends. Travel is all about learning more about the places and spaces we call home. Learning about culture, people, and how history has influenced places is what makes travel a great experience. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. Now, I recently had a very educational tour of the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island. It was very sobering to stand in the place where so many people stepped foot on American soil and called it home. My tour was with Inside Out Tours, and my tour guide, Catherine, was excellent. So I wanted to know a little bit more about Inside Out Tours, about the company, about the founder of Inside Out Tours, and just to hear a little bit more about the list of tours, because it's very extensive, the options that you have to learn much more about the people who have called New York City home. I reached out to Stacey Toussaint, who is the owner and the founder of Inside Out Tours, and I asked her to tell me her story of starting the company and all the stories that are based on all of her tours that she takes us on. So, Stacy, thank you so much for joining me. So tell me, what inspired you to start a tour company? So what makes Inside Out Tours different as a tour company is that we like to see, say that we are a sightseeing company with a social mission. And that is to tell the stories that are not being told about New York, telling inclusive stories, um, amplifying the voices of marginalized populations. So even when we do iconic New York, we try to talk about the diversity of the city. But now tell me, Stacey, how long have you been in business? So we started this company back in 2009. So 12 going on 13 years. Well, and over the course of the time, we've serviced tens of thousands of customers. Oh, yeah, I could tell you guys I have a busy. My tour was, was full. 
<laughs> I know you're very popular. But now, speaking of popular, what are your most popular tours? Um, I just mentioned the Statue of Liberty the, that I went on. But what are some of the others? And I know you said, you know, you guys really try to specialize on those marginalized populations and stories. So what are some of your, your tours? Tell us about it. So some of the other tours that we do is we do a slavery and underground railroad tour. Um, and that tour focuses on both the freedom seekers that came through New York, as well as the abolitionists who really risked life and property to rescue people. Um, another popular tour that we do is we do uh, Harlem Gospel. So a lot of times people are coming into New York, especially foreigners, and they want to listen to gospel music. But what makes our tour different is that we focus on the elements of gospel music and the fact that gospel music is the root of all American music. So whether you're looking at improvisation, call and response, all those things start with gospel music. Um, we also have a tour of a Brooklyn Bridge, which is, again, a wonderful story of a family that at a time when there was great corruption in the city decided to really be civic leaders and, and build a suspension bridge of a link that was never done before, Roblin family. So whenever we tell a tale, whenever we tell a story of New York, there's always these themes that run through and they have to do with civic responsibility they have to do with inclusivity, for example, the fact that it was Emily Roebling, who was the one who actually completed the bridge. She was the first chief female engineer. Um, so just this, these amazing stories of these New Yorkers who chose to do the right things to very challenging times. Well, you know, in your tours, you know, Stacey, I like to say, you know, you go on these tours because you know something about the places. That's what kind of draws people to select a specific tours. Maybe they know a little bit about it. But I call these type things, you know, where you learn more about the things that you thought you already knew, you know? So it's a great educational experience as well. So I say it's, you know, great for not only, you know, adults, but children as well to really learn about, you know, about the destination. Absolutely. And we really try to revisit areas of American history and New York history that we think have been underserviced or not told in an inclusive way. For example, this year we've launched a tour called Colonial New York Retold, which is an inclusive retelling of the history of New Amsterdam and also British New York. And so we're including the indigenous people, we're of course including African-Americans, we're including women, all the people who are actually here forming the origins of our country and who are just left out of the story. Mm hmm. And, you know, the, the other thing, too, I know that, you know, I mentioned earlier that, you know, you are a woman on business, but you are also a black woman. So yes. tell us a little bit about how that has helped you to kind of really get inspired to kind of dig deep for these stories. Yes. Um, well, I am. I'm a black woman of Haitian descent. My family came to New York in the 1960s. So I was raised in Brooklyn. Um, and kind of went through that kind of classic immigrant experience of trying to sort of check all the boxes, achieve a certain amount of success. Um, I practiced law before I did this. I worked in television. I did a bunch of things. But at the end of the day, I just learned that you got to follow your heart and you got to follow your calling. And I, my calling is to be a griot. I call, kind of call myself a modern day griot. And that's a sacred storyteller. And I think that's kind of what's missing in our society is these stories that used to empower people intergenerationally, they're not told anymore in a lot of instances, or they're told in a very narrow way that makes people feel like they're not part of the story. So part of my personal mission is whether you have African-American descent, Caribbean-American, 
um, indigenous, you know, Latin America, whatever it might be, you should see yourself reflected in the story of New York and of the country because you were here, your, your people were here. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you should know that you belong. Exactly, exactly. And that definitely comes through. So tell us how we can book a tour with you. So yeah, all you have to do is go to insideouttours.com and you can book any one of our experiences. That is perfect. Thank you so much, Stacey. I appreciate you coming on and and sharing all of this information with us. We're definitely inspired to book a tour with you. Check out their website. Tell families and friends also, too, about these immersive tours. And they will say thank you very much. And I can tell you that for sure. I want to take you over to Washington State, to the San Juan Islands, because they also, too, have been on my list of places to go and things to do for a long, long, long time. I mean, it just sounds like a fascinating place, and I wanted to see it firsthand. Now, the group of islands is located in Washington State. There are 172 named islands that are part of San Juan County. And three of the islands have ferry service over. That would be San Juan Island itself, which uh, has the county seat of Friday Harbor. You may have heard of that. Arcus Island and then Lopez Island are the most populous ones. And they have a variety of things to see, things to do, places to stay and great lodging and just a lot of activities that you can do on your own or with a tour. Now, the ferry, I have to tell you a little bit about this. The ferry going over to those three islands is a car ferry. And if you have not driven a car onto a ferry, it can be quite an experience. And it was my first time breaking out the details of a car ferry. So I had to ask a lot of questions and make sure that I was really understanding everything that I had to do. So it's a little funny. I can chuckle about it now. But when I say car ferries, I mean all vehicles that are heading over to the island. You drive up and you're in line to go on. So I'm talking about tankers, moving trucks, small cars, large cars. Any vehicle that you might see on the interstate here was in line to go on the ferry. So some pretty huge trucks and tankers I was around. And for this first time car ferry driver, I'll tell you, it was quite an experience. But in the end, I loved it. I'm ready to go back and do that again. But now back to the islands. Now, they are known for whale watching, and the islands are very popular during the warmer, less rainy time of the year. And I was there in early December, so it was a little rainy, but I have to tell you that didn't stop my chance to explore Moreland State Park and Constitution Lookout, Obstruction State Park, and some of these great places where you can really take a walk among these very tall trees, and the forest paths are just lined with beautiful green plants, and you can either walk along the shoreline, look at some of the, the lighthouses, and, and just take in the whole history of the area, or just go deep into the, into the wooded areas and just admire those really tall trees. I love taking the photos, looking up at those trees. It just really shows you how small you are when you stand among those big trees. And there are opportunities for, like I mentioned, for hiking, but also camping and picnics and paddle boating at Morin State Park. So you can do a little bit of everything. A great trip for the family, or if you're doing solo like I did, it still feels great to go there, too. Now, to get to the San Juan Islands, you fly into Seattle, rent a car, because you would definitely need a car to get around the islands. You definitely do. And the ferry does go from island to island, not just only Seattle to island, but between the islands as well. So check out their website, visitsamwans.com, because they offer all of the planning, all of the activities that can help you have a vacation like none other. The scenery of the islands, the ferry over, driving around each island, walking along the shoreline, hiking, so many experiences that will make it an experience of a lifetime. So I promise you, you'll love all of that. But I want to mention, too, as I'm coming down to the end of the show, that Mother's Day is coming up. So each of these experiences that I've shared with you today will make great trips 
for mothers to have, like for a gift of travel? Have you ever thought about doing something like that? I mean, it's one of those gifts that keeps on giving. So a, a, a trip to either of these places that I mentioned, Classic Journeys with Edwin and Susie or Inside Out Tours with Stacy and her crew, or a self-guided tour of San Juan Islands. Mom would say thank you for sure. And you know, if mom is happy, usually that means everyone in the house is happy. <laughs> so I think these gifts for Mother's Day would be right on time. Perfect gifts for her. And for more ideas of gifts of travel for mom, visit my website, travelwithanita.com, and you'll find spa ideas and also some travel gear too. So make it a perfect day for mom. She deserves it. After all that we've been through these last few years, I think moms really will have their hands raised saying yes. Do something special for me this year. So thanks for joining me today. I'll be back with more great destinations, fascinating human interest stories, and of course, all the details of how you too can have your own dream travel experience. Here on Travel with Anita and Friends. Thanks for joining me. Bye bye. Oh, I want to travel.